Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, this is Power Card, aka Project Pat. And you're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, the best Ravens podcast on the planet. That's pretty incredible. In fact, it's la marvelous. <laughs> All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Thursday, March 11th. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined in studio by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. Uh, we just wrapped up an hour of our Beatdown Big Boards episode, which is going to be releasing next Tuesday featuring the tight ends, bud. So I already know how you're doing, but uh, for the purposes of this discussion, for these listeners on this episode on this Thursday, how you doing? Doing well, dog. St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day weekend coming up. Ah, St. Patty's Day. Hi. Got a couple beers here. Got some nice weather going on for that, that nice... Pre-spring, that nice little pre-cum that Maryland gives us before uh, it inevitably gets back down to 21 degrees for and down to like 11 degrees at night for like a week. The sun peaks his head out for another three days, and it's freezing again, and then it's 85 degrees, and then it's 50, and then then it's finally June, and then we're good to go. Yeah, it's always very much the uh, <laughs> that sort of tease situation where it's like, oh my god, like, and especially, oh my god, especially this year with you know, the pandemic and like having to stay inside. And then February was probably the worst winter that we've had, like in a very long time. We already discussed that on the show, but was basically inside the entirety of February. So it's been nice to get uh, some of these nice days where at least at the very least, the sun is peeking its head out, even if the wind is uh, absolutely vicious. It was delicious. Went on a nice run yesterday, a little three mile run, uh, like a disgustingly slow. I think I, let's, let's see what I had in the old Nike. Check the Nike next run stats. I uh, started logging my runs again as we're getting back into the warm weather. I I was at least at 11 miles or 11 minute miles. Uh, It was a little bit uphill, but yep, 11.07 average pace, 2.97 miles. Uh, So I was coasting. I was chilling on that run. It was a lot of fun, but it was nice. 70 something degree weather. Did take my shirt off. Did run and flop all around. Get a little, uh, get a little sun on this pygmy skin and get back out there man no one is nobody's popping top in a march run always i like that gotta be the first yeah you know i mentioned on the episode that's going to be releasing on tuesday that i got a nice four miler in uh after what was kind of a long weekend so i wanted to uh get myself uh back into uh homeostasis and i did want to get back um i've got a goal this year to run 365 miles um (laughs) 
I got, goal. yeah, it is. It's, I had been on a really good pace until February hit and I just, there were like, there were literally like handfuls of days where I just couldn't run like just because the weather was so bad. Uh, so trying to gonna get back, get back ahead of the count here. I'm still relatively behind it, but I got that four miler in and then I haven't been able to run since because uh, like I mentioned on that pod, uh, dealing with a little bit of a bone to bone situation on a knee that I had surgery on years ago. So trying to figure out, uh, you know, maybe a little situation to strengthen that thing up in the meantime and get myself back out there. Got to get it going. Get those miles cooking, baby. Are you, are you, how many days are we in right now? 90 something? Yeah, let's see. I think I'm probably like 20 or so days, but maybe not even that many days behind. Let's pull up the the old stats. So for this year, I am at 54.9. And how many days are we at? Talking about probably 60, probably 70-ish of days in, into the year so far. Oh, wow. I had like a whole other month down there. Yeah. Okay. Not too bad. You'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's warm out and then you're crushing five miles and you're good. Yeah. That was kind of the, kind of the issue was just uh, not being able to uh, stick up with it because of the weather, but we're getting there, man. Then you can get onto like a five and a two once you're even like a five mile run and a two mile run. That's a nice little split there. Yeah, definitely. Might, might, you know, maybe start doing two a days. Who knows? Those are fun. Get you going. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, But yeah, we are in here on in the studio Wednesday night. Uh, of March 10th because we wanted to get a little bit of a free agency preview, primer, uh, whatever you want to call it type situation. There's been plenty of news coming across the wire today in the NFL. It's been somewhat exciting. Just had a, you know, speaking of teases, we just had Joe Cena Anderson tweeting out uh, like whelp or something. So a lot of people waiting on a potential move. She'll do that, that, then nothing will happen though too. And I'll get really hot and bothered for an hour and then nothing happens. Like it's she's like whelp my, like she's tweeting whelp because like her sensor in the door of her like Four hundred thousand dollar Mercedes AMG is like not working right, and then it's like, oh, Russell Wilson's getting traded to the Bears, and nothing happens. Could Josina <laughs> Anderson? Oh, Josina, Josina, Josina. She has such a great full name, Josina Anderson. That's a yeah, that's a, a name that you say both names. Yes, yes, I like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. But hopefully, uh, give us some blockbusters. Like, let's move Deshaun Watson. Let's move Russell Wilson. Give us the parody. Give us the talking points. Give us the takes. Let's, let's get this baby cooking. We got too long until the draft. Free agency is still a week away. Too much speculation. Let's get a couple trades. Come on, NFL. Let's go. Let's, let's juice it up here. Speculation. Yeah, no, we had uh, we did have some moves come across the wire today, though. Some franchise tags getting slapped around in the last couple days. Uh, notably, uh, Ravens fans, uh, their guy, Allen Robinson, not going to be hitting the market. Uh, and if he does, it's going to be via tagging trade situation because he was franchised by the Chicago Bears, as was... Uh, What's the dude's name? Chris Godwin down in Tampa Bay. Another receiver that a lot of people are a little hot for. He's not going to be leaving. He'll be on the tag. A couple of guys that uh, got the tag that maybe even weren't necessarily expected to. There were quite a few. Uh, Cam Robinson for the Jags. Another random one that kind of feels weird. Now for the Ravens, probably won't be trading Orlando Brown there unless they wanted to kick Cam Robinson over to right tackle. But who knows on that front? And yeah, I, I, I was thinking that neither Kenny Galladay nor Allen Robinson would hit the market. So at least one of them did, but the receiver class is still pretty thick. Uh, tons and the free agents are, it, it's a whole smorgasbord. I'm looking at Mike Clay's chart here and there's guys at edge. There's guys at center. There's guys in the interior defensive line that can make an impact. There's a good bit of running backs like Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, James Connor, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Duke Johnson, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, that's a lot of pretty decent backs. Like Aaron Jones is one of the best in the NFL. 
or has been at least in Green Bay. And, you know, Leonard Fournette coming off a really strong Super Bowl performance behind a great offensive line and some guys that can do things. Mike Davis out of Carolina, he had a great, like, fantasy year and broke a ton of tackles. I think he was one of the most elusive backs in the NFL, according to PFF and SIS. So, uh, yeah, some studs. William Jackson at cornerback. Ravens fans know William Jackson really well, playing for Cincy the last few years. Sticky man coverage, you know, guy who can stick on an island. Anthony Harris, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a nutty, nutty time. See, there's a lot of uncertainty right now in the NFL for what teams are going to be looking good and strong and great in a couple of months or this season, this upcoming season. And I don't know. It's a very uncertain time, it feels like. This free agency is going to change things. Yeah, definitely. And uh, touching on the Ravens there, they did apply the second-round tender to restricted free agent Gus Edwards, the running back today. So he's probably not going to be leaving town. Who is probably going to be leaving town uh, is probably two of their top guys that they were maybe speculated to retain, but sounds like they're not going to be as they did not place the tag on either of them, and that would be Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe, their two top edge rushers. Jason Lockham Fora went on a tear about how... Yeah, well, he's just going on a tear about Yannick Ngakwe, Matt Judon, and we're going to see what happens. And uh, it's saying that, you know, Ravens coaches want him back at 20 million, yada, 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 yada. Uh, so that did not happen. And I, I don't know. It feels like if Judon is willing to stay at a hometown discount, then he, you know, will stay. But I don't think that's the case. I think both those guys are gone. And with all these cuts that are coming out, the guys that won't count against the compensatory pick formula, I don't think the Ravens are, you know, going to be, I think they're going to be dominating that wave and and that frequency and very much less involved in the actual unrestricted free agents that are going to count against the comp picks. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the comp picks, um, extra draft picks, check. Ravens get two compensatory picks today uh, as friend of the show, listener of the show, Eric Acosta chimes in there with, uh, Extra draft picks. Check. Ravens receiving a third rounder and a fifth rounder. Uh, compensation in the third round for David Cully being hired away and in the fifth round for Michael Pierce signing with the Vikings last offseason. Coca-Cola. Check. Duncan. Duncan Donuts. Check. <laughs> I love it. That was my that was my favorite thing in quite some time. Just my favorite thing. French fries. Check. Pearl Jam. Check. You a big Pearl Jam guy? Uh, I think I would be, but I honestly, like, I couldn't name one Pearl Jam song off the top of my head. I could name Life Wasted, uh, Even Flow. Even Flow, I do know and like, but I I just, like, can't name their songs. Yes, but I I like me some Pearl Jam. I know I do, but I can't think of their names of their songs. It's just like, it's just that generation just before us, I feel like, is Pearl Jam. Yeah. They're like them, like Counting Crows and some of those those bad boys. I actually saw Counting Crows live at uh, if you're in the Maryland area, Hot August Blues Festival. If things ever get back to normal, that was always a hell of a time, and that's over uh, Oregon Ridge, Oregon Valley Ridge, whatever. Oregon Ridge, yeah, Oregon Ridge, uh, in that Hunt Valley ish area, and it was always an outstanding time right around the Fourth of July, and uh, or they have the Fourth of July firework thing there with some with the orchestra and then in hot august blues festival in the beginning of august so a couple of fun events there if things 
are ever back to normal. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the Ravens getting uh, two comp picks there, like I mentioned, for the hire of David Culley in the third round and uh, in the fifth round for uh, Michael Pierce. So a little bit of an interesting rank being thrown out there today. Check. Check. So that's gotta. You gotta think that's going to be affecting the free agency formula just a little bit, especially with that third rounder and the fact that they're going to have seven picks in the draft now to work with, as opposed to the five they were slated for. It is what they like to do. They are the comp pick team. They lead the NFL since the formula or since the compensatory, uh, whatever you call it, program formula came out. And by quite a margin, I think they're at fifty six, and the next closest is forty seven. And there's only three teams that have more than. F- or three other teams that have more than 40. So they like it, the free picks. And with this being the bloodshed of the lowered cap due to COVID, I think they'll sign, they'll fill out their roster. I think all of the Ravens' small signings, their depth signings that are outside of the organization, guys that are not being brought back, uh, they're going to be guys that are that are trimmed fat for other teams. And that way the Ravens can get those picks that they like so much. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But uh, ahead of the draft, we do have free agency. It's going to be opening next week on the 16th, I believe. Is that Tuesday? Or is I that... think it's the sev- It's either the 16th or the 17th. The 16th Oh, is... what, what a lucky break for them this year. Coming up on the 17th. Hey, the 16th is a Tuesday. The 17th is a Wednesday. Yes. Whichever of those days it is. One of the two. Okay. So coming up on the 17th, then I guess we'll decide on. I, th- I do think that's the I right love the ta- I love the tampering period. Well, the tampering period is sick because like it was, it used to be like a kind of a taboo thing. They're like, oh, these teams, like what if they get caught tampering and there's like a thing. And now it's just like all these deals come out in the coming week anyway. And like, there's just no, there's actually, there's like no problem with it. Like nobody gets punished ever. No one's going to get fired. Like there's no, there's nothing, there's no problem with right. it. And like, I'm, I don't like, who cares? Just move the date back then. And then they'll tamper before that anyway. So it's like, like with the way it's technology bad works Bad boys now, are going to be bad. Bad boys are going to, you know, do that kind of stuff. So. With the way that the technology works now, it's like you're not faxing deals and shit over. It's not. It's a little antiquated. This idea that there needs to be some hard deadline. It absolutely. Maybe that's just like hippie me. Like, oh yeah, you know, nothing matters. Fuck. fuck Why would we ever work in an office again? Yeah, listen. I mean, there's there we're peeling back a lot of the layers of my psyche right now. I think, but uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of a, a thing that always struck me as funny. And like five years ago or whatever, where it all just kind of started to break at once, like a week or so before the deadline, like. Kind of, kind of funny how that works. Yeah, I like, I like the idea that everybody's good boys and we have this one glorious day where it's just you put on NFL Network and it's Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter holding fistfuls of phones to their faces. Like, hold on, I got a call. Hold on, I'll be right back. And they take their AirPod out and they're like, I got, I got breaking news. The Arizona Cardinals have just signed Trod Taylor. And then you're like, all right, well, that was anticlimactic, but okay, sick. I liked it. You're also big on like calling like the owners and the executive by like Mr. Like Mr. Goodell, Mr. Bashotti. That's like big in your alley, isn't it? Oh yeah. Big time. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's completely off the rails already, but we do have a free agency primer coming up and we didn't even really like structure this out a ton. We do like to do that all the time when we're we going to, I think we're just going to be saying a lot of names and giving a lot of takes. I think that's how it's going to go. That's another thing that we like to do is we like names and we like takes. We like it a lot. So the first one, let's let's get down to the dirty. Do the Ravens need to look at quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks? Yes or no? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say they they would like to maybe have a veteran. I don't know how much they love uh, the idea that if Lamar were to not be able to complete a season that. I, I don't know. Do you have a younger quarterback? And both of the ones they have feel a little bit limited. So 
I don't know. Maybe they get into there. I don't want to really spend time on it, but I would think that Terod Taylor would be. Well, I think that is kind of important to spend time on because we were talking before we got going here. One of those weird like NFL rumor things that like I I don't know how much stonk they like actually hold, but like people tend to they smash the Matt Stafford trade out. Is it that one? Maybe I don't even know, dude. Like there's it feels like there's oh. like a handful of them that like people are like oh. You know, X they team hit showing, on one or two, and then it's like they are they are God. It's like yeah, X team is like showing interest on like X, Y, or Z player, and like one of them came out today saying Ravens showing interest in veteran quarterback Tyrod Taylor, which I think would make sense, but like has a ring. Yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Listen, there's value in that, and uh, <laughs> and he would presumably be a scheme fit as well. Yeah, I think that he would allow things to function very normally, uh, and and be turnover free and all of those things. I like that. I wouldn't hate that if the Ravens made that move. If it was super duper cheap and Terod just wanted to come chill back in Baltimore for whatever reason. I like that. Uh, I think it would definitely be an upgrade to McSorley and uh, to Huntley, but I think, I don't know. I mean, like it's just really hard to knock McSorley at all because he's been such a fucking legend in every possible way. Whenever given a chance to be with that third and 10 throw to Willie Sneed in that Browns game, then blows his freaking knee out halfway. Like, the legend of Trace Unitas will never die. That that will never die. I know that Hollywood much. Brown let him down too. Dropped a ball. Dropped the a first out. Yeah, on the sideline. Yep, a couple drops in that Browns game. Uh, and then Huntley came in, and you know he's got some. He's got the speed and some friskiness about him. Feels like he was kind of a chicken with his head cut off just a little bit, but not like super bad. Uh, took took a big shot to Hollywood Brown in that Bills game after Lamar went down and. Uh, I'm almost like weirdly like, and forgive me for cutting you off, but like, I'm almost weirdly like, if you're going to bring a guy in, why not draft Sam Elliger in that thick old ass and just bring him here? Because I think you want the veteran quarterback presence in the, in the film room and as a professional, just for like the the off field stuff. Okay. Well, like on the sideline too. Yeah. 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 And all that stuff to be, to be like another quarterback coach and stuff like that. I think that's a major benefit. And someone like Terod that has played a ton, uh, has starting experience, has backup experience, has been with the Ravens for makes sense. But I don't want to spend too much time on quarterback because they could very easily not do any of that at all, and it'll never even come close to happening. They don't draft a quarterback, and they don't sign one. But I wouldn't mind if they did. Um, fullback, they don't need one. They're not going to sign one. Kyle Juszczyk is available. Please, can we just see him go to the Patriots? Like, just put him in New England. Can you, Bill, Bill, we know you're a listener. Can you just... Can you just please sign Kyle Juszczyk? He's also a Harvard guy. You know, it, just, it feels right. To bring him back, ship him back to Boston and bring him up there. He's going to be hanging out there with the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> Wearing my Patriots hoodie. Oh, yeah? A, well, I got a number. So how do you like them apples? I'm a competitive racer div. You don't have to t- school me on the, <laughs> the benefits of getting there first. That's my Winklevoss. That's my army hammer who is in a, a spot of bother right now doing the Winklevoss. We're not getting an army hammer. We're, let's, let's go past it. Tight end wise. Gronk not coming to Baltimore. Hunter Henry, too expensive. What is what is his market going to look like? He's had a ton of injuries. He played most games this past year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he played. He was fucking sick as a rookie. He was, and I believe he played ten plus games, right? Which is not. I mean, that's not great. Played 14 games and 12 games last year. Uh, 60 catches, 55 receptions. Hunter Henry is a big good comfortable pass catcher i don't think he's like a stellar stellar blocker but i don't think he's a piss poor blocker um i don't i don't know i feel like there's a lot of hype for hunter henry and i feel like he gets a lot of money he's just one of those guys who like franchise tag too like i mentioned a good rookie season that really sticks with you a lot 
And uh, I don't know. I think like Justin Herbert was the tie that lifted all boats last year. But he had very similar statistical production the year before. Okay. In less games. Um, but Hunter Henry, I'm just going to know. Jonu Smith, who he's supposed to get $9 million a year right now, is over the cap. Uh, Jonu Smith. Not at that number. Not for me. No. I'm going to go with no. Gronk, he's going back to – if he he's playing, he's playing with Tom. <laughs> just ended at that. Gerald Everett intrigues me. Very much so. Athletic. Quiet, like decently high pick, decent production. Kind of was just lost in the mix there with Higby. Um, like back and forth with Higby too. It was. I felt like there was some sort of conflict there because they're a very 11-heavy team. So could get into the rotation, probably be a little bit cheaper. I think he was valued at $7 million from over the cap a year. Only two less than Janu. He's more promising than Janu, I think. Um... I mean, you're Janu, talking about Janu is a, is very underrated. The him and George Kittle are the two best yak tight ends. Like Janu Smith gets yards after the catch. You can throw him screens, breaks tackles, very fast, good in the red zone. Like I don't know, Janu is a weird player. He's small. He's really fast. He is. He's an atypically small but highly effective blocker. Also, okay. But I don't. Ah, Gerald Everett. I think yes. I think that is a green light for the Ravens. I think that would make sense. Kyle Rudolph. That feels that feels very Ravens. I don't like it, but it does. I th- I think he wants to go somewhere where he's not in like a rotation and gets playing time. Like another, I'm gonna the amount of guys I'm gonna link to New England is probably gonna be insane. But another one where they could use someone and use a veteran. They have the two guys they drafted last year: Keen, Dalton Keen, and Devin Asiasi. And that would be enough. I think he publicly stated he wanted to go to New England too. If I'm not, I don't know if it's like publicly, but it's been kind of leaking out. And like, you could presume that it's coming from his camp that like, yeah, he would probably prefer to go there. The guy who really intrigues me on this list is Jared cook. He is an outstanding red zone weapon. True professional had a ton of production over the past few years. That guy is Rasputin. Yes, very much. So (laughs) he's been around forever. He's been producing on like every team, like, how many teams has he played on? Three? He had that big catch against the Cowboys for the Packers in the right. in this, the game that Skip is still having a seizure over with the, the missed field goal that wasn't actually a missed field goal. Good Lord. So he's been, I, I barely remember. Saints, Raiders, Packers. Like, he's been around. Titans drafted him. He had a 700. Rams he was with with Fisher. Yep, for three years there. So he had a 700-yard year for the Titans. He had two 600-yard years for the Rams. The Packers, he had that massive catch, but that was like one of his worst production years. Then he played for the Raiders, where he had that 896-yard season, six touchdowns. Was, yeah, he was good Scored a that. touchdown on the Ravens. He had, like, an unbelievable— that was a, Yeah, I remember that. He had that one-handed That was catch, the dog on Judon game, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and he had that catch where he, like, barely was I think in that was Lamar, one of Lamar's first games. Yes, it was. Yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, 2019, he averaged 16 yards a catch and scored nine touchdowns as—how uh, old is he? 33? I think he's like sneaky young having been around for third, a while. No, thir- he's almost 34. 33 in 337 days. His birth he turns 34 on April 7th. So he's 33.10. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'm going to start doing that now. And, yeah, nice. And yeah, I mean, I think that would be a great fit for him to go somewhere be in a rotation and like be in the twilight and try to go win. That feels like a he he might be someone seeking that. And I like that a lot. Then there's just, I mean so many tight end options. Eifert Keep his snaps down, let him get healthy, keep him in that role, whatever, where he doesn't have to be the guy. Uh, Demetrius Harris, another guy who's been all around. Jeff Swaim, 
is a weird little tight end, but I feel like he's not, you know, a major upgrade at tight end. He would be a clear-cut tight end, like, three that you're not worried about. He'd be like a Luke Wilson type situation. Right. Trey Burton is a little bit above that, I think. Uh, and Jordan Reed. Trey so, Burton I sneaky like. I like I sneaky like Trey Burton, too. He's he he's a nice little underneath receiver, and he kind of fits that H-back role. Also can throw a great ball. Throws a bomb. Throws a hell of a bomb. Um, so do you think the Ravens sign a free agent tight end? Yes or no? Again, I'm going to go. No, I'm thinking they're, I do think they're going to draft a guy at some point. I'm going to go no and draft a guy as well. Zach Ertz, did you mention? No, he's still under contract, I believe. Okay. It feels like he's going to be gone from there. He's probably, I think they're trying desperately to get like a six round pick for him at least. And we'll trade him if, if not. So now we can move on to the Viva La Resistance, the wide receivers, which are, Feels like we need some wide receivers. Heard that a few times. Sage Surratt, big receiver. Dwayne Eskridge. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Uh, yeah, we got Juju, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, John Brown now just got cut. Emmanuel Sanders just got cut. A.J. Green, Rashad Perriman, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Rashard Higgins, Josh Reynolds, Keelan Cole. I mean, holy freaking shit. That's that's not even half. So you're telling the, me that because because Allen Robinson and uh, Chris Godwin are not hitting the market that there actually are some other options to potentially pursue? There are so many options. It is ridiculous. Kendrick Bourne is a guy that I could absolutely see someone liking a lot. The Bourne identity. Treadstone. Just getting after it out there. Hell yeah. Uh, like Keelan Cole, a name that we've liked for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Name we've liked for a long time. Could be a quiet, nice, solid veteran addition that's super cheap. That could be a good value signing. That feels very Ravens. Uh, Corey Davis feels like the one that we all really are seeing could possibly have not insane cost and be a good value signing. But I just feel like there's a team that has money, the Colts, the Browns, you know, whoever the hell. Uh, it just takes one team, like we were saying off air. It just takes one team, and Corey Davis is younger. He was a high pick. And there are plenty of teams that can say, what's a couple extra million? The Ravens really don't have that luxury. Right. And I, f- I feel like Corey Davis is going to get $14, 15000000 million a year. I feel like he's going to get good money, and someone will be there, the Dolphins or someone. But at the same time, like such a thick wide receiver class that there are so many names there are draft picks possible. I, I don't know. It's, it's just tough to predict how uniform teams are on a team-by-team basis. Some teams might be viewing it as, we'll let everyone else go do the spending. We'll take someone in the draft. I think that kind of depends on what room you have as well. Uh, if you do have money and you do have a really young room, you're probably going to want a veteran. But do you want Corey Davis or Will Fuller? Or Kenny Gott? Will Fuller, I think, is projected to get like five years, $90 million on over the cap. Fuller? Go easy on the Pepsi. Unbelievable reference. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. But f- I mean, that's insane. The guy who's on PEDs so that he can ha- so that his hamstrings stay healthy. I don't. I don't know. I have, I I love that he took PEDs to get his hamstrings <laughs> healthy. I love that you love that he did that. I think that having <laughs> I think that being able to get a four game suspension for taking literal anabolic steroids or human growth hormone in the NFL is so worthwhile. It is insane. Like, it's also like kind of, at, a good, like, let's be honest. They put Nick, the Ravens could have put Nick Boyle on like a p- program. Like, all right, 
go become the best blocker of all time. We don't need you now, but we will. It's kind of like the IR uh, stash. It's like you fake an injury and just throw a guy. It's like, oh, we'll just we'll pump some steroids. Four in there. games is nothing to be able to take performance enhancing drugs in the NFL. Well, that it's is like H- nothing. Like, and then a 10 game suspension the following year. It's like you can effectively redshirt a guy over the first two years for four games and then 10 games, 14 games out of 32 and then have them be a monster in year three. Also, the bigger discussion is like, what is the problem with HGH? Like, I'm sure there maybe are some, but it doesn't like it's a recovery thing. Like, I, whatever. I don't know. We don't have to get into that. I have I have two friends actually that had to take HGH when they were like developing because one had a thyroid problem and the other one had a, I think a pituitary gland issue or something. Both of them had like uh, gland issues. Yeah. Uh, adrenal issues. And it uh, they both took it. And one of the funniest lines any of my friends have ever said, it's, it was, yeah, it was horrible. I had pubes when I was five years old. <laughs> What's so bad about that? That guy sounds like he was pretty fucking cool to me. Pretty fucking cool. Uh, shout out Mike Tomassian. But yeah, so wide receiver wise, who was cut? Emmanuel Sanders. John Just today, Brown. Coming across the wire. Across the wire. John Brown. Golden Tate. And I think that's it, right? That was cut. Demarcus uh, Robinson's available. Like... That's like a wild card guy. A guy who's been like a third, fourth guy that you feel like could be a 2-3 instead of a 3-4. Plays primarily on the boundary. Like, I don't know. Insanely deep wide receiver class. It's well, good, man. I You know, I, there's a lot of guys. Will the Ravens sign someone who was cut or sign someone who was not? And will they sign someone a receiver? I know we were just kind of crapping on it, but I do feel like Corey Davis is going to be the guy. It just makes so much sense. It just makes so much sense. And I feel like he might want to rebuild his stomach a little bit. And like he's looking at this place as a good situation to go to a team that is going to win games where like it's not going to be like there's no qualifier where if he does have a lot of yards like, oh, he was just playing in, you know, blowouts and like doing whatever and like not really that important. I feel like playing for a competitive team can mean a lot towards rebuilding a guy's stomach. He was drafted so high as well. Which I think is not, not that he even like needs it to be super rebuilt anyway, but like just like resetting his market again, like where maybe if they get him on a two or three year deal, it's like, all right, well, here's our window. Do you want to come help and get you some good guarantees? You know, X, Y, Z. Here's my thing with the Ravens, though. People say like, oh, doesn't want to play in a run first offense, whatever. But if you give him a four year deal with as much money as he wants, he's going to play there. But I don't know going to the Ravens into a run first offense, although there is a high touchdown, a high passing touchdown volume with two guys in the top 16 over the last two years and Andrews and Brown. But I don't know that that's a place you want to go on a one or two year deal like that when you're that caliber of player. But at the same time, he made a lot of money. He was a, what was he picked? Sixth? Yeah. Fourth? Like, shout out to uh, our former writer, Matt Cohen was all over Corey Davis. The Ravens were picking 17th that year. And uh, I loved him too. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, I liked he was him. Like a smaller school guy. Yeah. And it was like for that reason, it's like, oh, of course he's going to be there in the middle of the first round. We're like, we're all Fifth. watching together. Yeah. And we have like our Facebook Messenger open or whatever. And it's like, he's just rubbing his hands together. You can tell. And then five picks and he's gone. And unbel- I mean, unbelievably high, but that means he was paid a lot of money. He's not, you know, some UDFA who's getting his first big payday. Like Corey Davis got a. Fat paycheck being the fifth overall pick, but I'm sure he wants to capitalize. Makes a ton of sense. I think he reaches a certain point where if it's into that $15 million range where the Ravens just might not have that right now, and it is a really great wide receiver class, you have to think that an Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, a Kadarius Tony, 
those guys are going to be there in the first round if you want a day one kind of impact player. So, like, I was saying Corey Davis, like, I feel like gut feeling that could happen, but I could also very much see, like, one of those guys early and then, like, a slant in Sammy Watkins in free agency. Sammy Watkins makes sense. I would love to poach someone from the Chiefs if I'm the Ravens and steal a little insight, see if you can take a little of their mojo and uh, finally get that elusive W against them when you're going to play them in the fourth straight year in the regular season, which really is... Are they? Yep. Okay. They play the AFC West this year. Chiefs at home two years in a row after... I can't, I can't do it again. I can't do it it's again. It's just, they're the Ravens' papa. So steal a couple of their players, get those elusive insider trading tips, and, uh, you know, find out where Patrick Mahomes keeps the catch-up and see if you can beat him. Yeah, you know, you're actually not going to find out where my catch-up is, but... Here's a hit. It's everywhere. Everywhere, because <laughs> I get all the endorsements and everything, because I'm just the golden child. Oh! Patrick Mahomes. All right, 42, switchblade. Okay, Sammy, I'm going to hit you deep. If you're watching on YouTube, this is, that's what he does. And he's got his wristbands are like up to his elbow. He crocks his head to the side. He crocks his head to the side, twists his head, gives a crooked smile, and and ref, he hit me in the head. He hit me in the helmet, the helmet. What are you doing here? Come on. I'm Tom Brady when he was 25. Fuck that guy. Anyway. Curtis Samuel, I like a lot. Probably you are, you are a big, uh, you are a big Curtis Samuel. I'm a Curtis Samuel truther. I'm Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Samuel. I'm a Curtis Samuel truther. I believe he separates really well. You can put him on the boundary. You can put him on the slot. He can be a literal running back if you want him to. Uh, Marvin Jones makes a lot of sense. Fits the Ravens' mo of being older but still productive and not seeking, you know, maybe high targets or anything, anything other than winning. He just wants to win, probably. Get paid a little bit. That makes sense. AJ Green, I'm out. I just, it was so bad last year. I don't know. Maybe he goes somewhere to like New England, who has the classic wide receiver revival stories over the years. But I don't know. He looked not explosive, but at the same time, not happy. Uh, I got to do a lot of homework if I'm the Ravens of whether that's worthwhile or not. He does make sense as someone that the Ravens, if anyone think he is the best receiver in the world. Uh, if anyone's going to be high on him, it's probably going to be the Ravens. He has <laughs> brutally tortured them for the past almost decade. And I don't know that one feels Ravens smells Ravens won't cost a ton probably, but who the fuck knows? That's a weird one. Uh, there's so many options, I don't know what to do. There's so many free agent wide receivers, I don't know what to do. It's a good so. problem to have, I mean. It is. And then, like we said, draft class stacked again for the third straight year with receivers. So, it's a receiver to league. And, yeah, uh, my f- ideal signing would be Corey Davis at, you know, $12, 13000000 a year. I think that would be awesome, having a five, six year, $5, 6000000 first-year cap hit. Marvin Jones, I think, would be great as well. And... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say Juju doesn't make sense. He does as a player. And like even for what they need and what they lack skill set wise, he makes sense. And like, I, I don't think they're going to give a shit about all the stuff that fans do with him being like annoying and a little TikTok. Herball, Herball will be like, all right, Juju, go do your TikToks. Like, I'll get in one of your TikToks with you, buddy. Like, yeah. yeah and then Juju this, will be like, uh, oh, my dad me. wants to get in my TikToks. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's... TikTok won't be cool for Juju by the time he's playing in purple of three. Listen, if he gets off of it, that, that will be a huge boon for whoever's going to be signing him. 
And maybe he can like change his bedroom, which like looks like a 17 year old girl's. One of my first, my guys, that, that draft class was like the first time I started really starting to get into like analysis and starting to take myself somewhat seriously. And I absolutely loved Juju at USC. Huge, huge, huge on him. Him and Terry have been my two biggest receivers. I think I was higher on than anyone else. And the physicality, the yards after the catch, the catches over the middle, all that stuff. But the TikTok stuff has been obnoxious. Uh, I don't know. Just like a lack of awareness. Like, oh, I'm just going to keep being me. Like, all right, like, that's fine, dude. But like, you look like an asshole, you know? Like, and you're, you're, you don't not look like an asshole. Yeah. It's just like, come on, man. Like, you, let's, let's clean it up here. He's not a bad guy. Like, you know, nothing, nothing against Juju. He's, you know, a very good person, but just some things to learn. But in the end, I think Marvin Jones is the signing. I think if the Ravens sign a receiver. That's kind of, yeah, the, that's another one that I'm. He's a contested catch guy. He's a red zone guy. He's a boundary guy. He's older. He's not going to get a huge contract. Maybe, you know, maybe at the most $10 million a year. Uh, but if I'm his agent, I don't, I don't know. I've got a case for a lot of money. Just touchdown production-wise alone with him being sixth and seventh in touchdowns over the last two years. And, and the NFL is just like so cash rules everything around me. And like, you can like make any case that like any team should pay any guy. Like, like Logan Ryan last year was like his, my stats are all better than the top safeties or whatever, but he was a corner. So and it's just so, it. it's just so easy. There's just funny money everywhere to throw around. And like, of course the Ravens never but have not any this of it. year. Yeah. Okay. So what is it going to be at? 182 total? 182 and a half. Okay. Okay. And Ravens are going to have to do some restructuring. Restructuring isn't like some fancy thing either. It's just like, just fucking do it. Just convert Ronnie yeah, Stanley, Marlon Ravens Humphrey, do it with Justin Tucker, Brandon convert Williams all their bonuses. Yeah, they do it with Brandon, David, Brandon Williams every year. And yeah, so receiver-wise, I think the Ravens should get a veteran as opposed to a rookie. I think they should do both, personally. Do both. Get weapons. Get weapons, get offensive line. Or, you know, draft a tight end. Like, you just... Do but like throw. Let's it's kitchen sink time. You know, let's figure this thing out. It's time to get Lamar in a vacuum. That's been and the talk about the coaching staff. They they're getting creative there already. So it's let's get some personnel in there too. Absolutely, Nelson Aguilar, uh, underrated. I was Co- in on him last year. Coached by T Higgins, T uh, Martin, T Martin. Pardon me. That'll be really weird if T Higgins was coaching him. It would. It would. Uh, T Higgins. He, T Higgins men- younger youth than mentor. Nelson Aguilar. So youth mentor. But T Martin coached, recruited Nelson Aguilar. I'm sure is, has a strong relationship there. And uh, you know, I don't know if that's not what they need though. They don't need that that speedster burner skill set. They need the big strapping. Sign, sign them all. Sign Jones and him and draft a guy. Just do it. Just get get it over with. I'm tired of talking about it. It's time. It's been it's been too long. It's been since the Cowboys jumped ahead of the Ravens to get Des Bryant. That's yeah. how long. And that's then, how long we've been talking about the Ravens getting receivers. It, yeah, it, it's 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 enough. It's enough already. Let's let's figure it out. I do think the underrated move would be nothing happens. Everyone's disappointed, and DeCosta trades for someone like after the draft. That's a hundred percent going to happen, and it is a hundred percent going to disappoint everyone. That'd be sick. Moving no, on. No, it's well, it's going to be Nikhil Harry though. That'd be funny. That'd be sick. Speaking of, he's a big receiver. He's just not a great one. Moving on. Offensive line. Tackle-wise, hmm, they need a swing tackle. At the very least, they need a swing tackle. Uh, whoever that is going to be, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on that, but Rick Wagner, yeah, makes sense, whatever, blah, 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 blah. 
We don't know what's going to happen with Orlando Brown. We still have the moratorium. Obviously, if he's gone, something has to happen. But doubt he's going to be gone before free agency. Teams probably want to feel out free agency, see if they can get, you know, Daryl Williams, Beecham, Okung, or Trent Williams or whatever. And then Orlando Brown becomes maybe the second option of we need to trade for this guy. He would be the top guy in free agency, obviously. But, yeah, uh, not sure there. Names. Damar Dotson, Ty Sambarillo, freaking Jermaine Illuminor. No, I don't think he's coming back to Baltimore. Cam Fleming, Cam Fleming, a bunch of other oddballs. So possibly a swing tackle there. Guard, this is where things get toasty. So obviously Joe Tooney is the big name. I think the Bengals make a lot of sense for him. Bengals need to do some work on that offensive line. And I think they have the money to spend. They have the weapons that would allow them to maybe feel a little bit less completely obligated to address their offensive line immediately in the draft and go do something crazy like take Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or something nuts uh, or whatever, whatever they see fit. Caleb Farley, perhaps a corner or something like that. Listen, from the franchise that brought you John Ross at number nine. That's true. That is an absolute truth. So, yeah, them taking him off would be – move out expect and i think that gabe jackson and kevin zeitler i think kevin zeitler makes a ton a ton a ton of sense former afc north guy a solid player the ravens saw play against the giants this past year he was pretty sturdy in that performance guy who passes off stunts and games and things really well he has really great awareness in pass pro uh solid run blocker and he won't count against the comp formula so that makes a lot of sense gabe jackson as well uh, i think you know I haven't, I'm not going to lie and say I've watched a ton of Gabe Jackson in the last couple of years because I have not, but it appears, I've seen his PFF grading and whatever, and it appears he is, you know, a starting guard. He is a starter. You sign him, he starts. Nick Martin, same thing at center. Same thing at center with Nick Martin, a guy that you can sign, he can start. He's not going to be a world beater, but he's not going to be scorning you, and then that moves into center where the Ravens have stated that they basically have a plan, whatever the hell that means. Um Sounds like some weird thing in house where they like are going to be like, all right, Nick, listen, guys, Nick Boyle is going to be our center. Or like, freaking Sam Cook is actually going to snap the ball to himself. And he's got experience snapping the ball. I mean, you know, there you go. And I don't know. Sounds like they're out on the free agents. That's what it sounds like to me. But I've been a big time Corey Lindsley advocate. This is the thing that I, that irks me as well. People say that the Raven. It doesn't make sense that the Ravens would sign a smaller lineman. Not that, you know, Lindsley is like super small and I think that he's able to scoop and, and do a ton of things on the move and has a really nice snatch and can can kind of beat guys up for being a little bit not a huge, for not being a huge guy. But who have their centers been over the last like 10 years? Have any of them been big, gigantic centers? Ryan Jensen's the only one. And Zutad, not a big guy. Matt Skura, not a big guy. Pat McCarty, not a big guy. Uh... Jason Brown, not a big guy. Like basically Burke and Jensen are the only ones that have had remote size to them. So it's like, oh, well, we're a man power team and whatever. But it's like, all right, well, you haven't really done that. So the two good ones that you mentioned there too is kind of funny. Right. So I don't know. Nick Martin, uh, Ted Karras out of Miami, Austin Ryder out of KC would be, you know, okay. Uh, And then David Andrews and Corey Lindsley. So, okay. Doesn't feel like Lindsley is the only one that's like a top-notch option. 
David Andrews has some health concerns and, you know, has started to decline a little bit already, but decent center draft. There's Dan Feeney and Joe Looney and some other, you know, depth guys, whatever. But the Ravens say they have a plan, and that makes me think they have some sort of thing in-house. You know, Jeff's Reback mentioned Bozeman kicking over to center, and then everyone was like, the Ravens are moving Bozeman to center. But that's going to piss me off if they do that because they should have done it last year. What is the move that indicates to you that they're going to do that? Just a one big move at guard or like what, like, because it feels like they're not just going to come out and say that they're going to do that until right now, until it's time to happen. Right. Right. I think that they make a run at either Lindsley or, or Joe Thune, one of them, or maybe both of them and, and see if there's a contingency plan. Again, I just think that's the cheapest way of going all in and getting an impact veteran to solidify the offensive line. And, they make a run at those guys. If they get one, you maybe slide Bozeman over to center. You have a much bigger center now that has experience as a guard dealing with, you know, one tech, three tech guys and all those kinds of things. And is, you know, showed that he can pull really well. He's, he's good in space. He can get down and, and into the second level pretty well. Uh, and has enough of an anchor to, to play guard at a, a decent level. So I love the idea of Bozeman moving over to center. And I think if they sign, Thune or maybe Zeitler, then move Bozeman over to center. That would make sense. Okay. Then that does it for the offensive side of the football. Now, interior defensive line. So guys, the aspect that we haven't mentioned is the Ravens bringing guys back. Ravens mentioned Derek Wolf that they want to restructure or they want to extend. That was, that was talked about during the season too. That was like a rumor from I think someone at 105.7 or something of the sort, and the Ravens wanted to extend him, and that makes sense. It feels like he'll be back. And Pernell McPhee feels like he'll be back. Uh, I don't, Jihad Ward, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He, he Jihad Ward seems kind of like, get, like he would get kind of pissed that he didn't play enough to me. He just tweeted out seven days away today. Jihad Ward? Yeah. So he's gone. Who the fuck knows with that guy, man? <laughs> he is pretty funny. Pretty I, I, li- I like the whole thing he's got going on. I like the energy, but he's, he's a wild card in every sense. So let's say they bring back Wolf. So you've got Campbell, Wolf, Williams, oh. Matabuke, and Ellis under contract there. Um, I don't think you really need to sign someone. Drafting someone is probably inevitable. The Ravens do that all the time. I would have preferred someone maybe other than Jellybean Ellis, like a Tyson Alualu or Steve McClendon, or Corey Peters out of Arizona. Uh, some some big-time big boys that can, especially in a rotation, I think Corey Peters would be outstanding if he was the, the spell nose behind Brandon Williams, who the Ravens are keeping. So, I don't know. Defensive line, if they bring back Wolf, feels kind of set. And maybe they add someone inexpensive, but then we get to the big one, the edge rushers. The Ravens have... Probably the worst under contract edge rusher situation in the NFL with just Jalen Ferguson. And you have to think at least McPhee, possibly Bowser, and I would think one more. You don't want to be relying on on two rookies to be your, you know, your three and your four, your four and your five there. You don't have to have five, but it feels like Judon and Ngakwe are gone. They yeah, they are. Shaq Barrett is probably going to get a ridiculous amount of money. Jadevian Clowney has hurt a lot, but the Ravens have been linked to him for a long time. Carl Lawson, 
I think he's kind of more. I don't. I, I don't think he's the the prototype. And I, I think the if the Ravens aren't bringing Ngakwe back, I think they steered away from the prototype of we want a versatile edge guy, edge rusher who drops back into coverage and plays the flats and rushes the passer and can set the edge and a jack of all trades type like we we're talking about on the tight ends episode. I don't think that's Carl Lawson. I think he's an outstanding pass rusher. I think he gets paid a lot too. Leonard Floyd. I could see. Yeah, he's a guy who came into the league with a lot of hype, didn't really work out, but he's been a solid player since then. He fits the the modus operandi of being a coverage player, a guy who can rush with speed and some explosiveness and, and play decently well against the run. Uh, he's peaked in the last couple of years. I think he had a pretty big sack total last year, if I'm not mistaken, playing for the Rams. This tends to happen when you play with Aaron Donald. Um, so him, Hassan Reddick. There's also Romeo Aquara, who I think gets paid a lot. And the one that's the, there's two that stick out to me that are older players, not going to cost a ton, probably want to play for a winner. And that's Ryan Kerrigan. And that is, what is the second one? Where did it just, Justin Houston. Um, Houston, Elvis Doomerville type. He's not going to be dropping into coverage doing those things. But if you want someone to, to be able to be a pass rush specialist and, uh, be a veteran and be that you know cheaper guy looking to win. Justin Houston makes sense, and I think Ryan Kerrigan can come in and give you, you know, kind of like when Clay Matthews went to the Rams, give you a ton of energy, uh, making a transition after a long tenure and a proud tenure with a team, and isn't going to break the bank necessarily. He's going to want to get paid a little bit, but I feel like Ryan Kerrigan makes a lot of sense. That might be my ideal signing for the Ravens. Yeah, we were talking about that before. He does feel like a guy who feels like they've already been in on him a little bit. And uh, at this point, he's not going to cost that much on the open market anyway. So if you just need a solid guy to bring in there and kind of, you know, right the ship a little bit at the position for one year only, if that, then uh, yeah, he's he's could be I a good I could see like a two-year, $19.5 million deal. Something in that ballpark where they could kind of cut him in year two. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And I, th- I think he wants to go get some juice and it would be an easy transition for him right up 95. And I do think the Ravens fat interest. So that would be an ideal signing. Then if that gives you something like Pernell McPhee, Jalen Ferguson, Ryan Kerrigan. Getting more of those. Yeah. Nice. Then uh, I believe you're, you're in a good place and you, you're definitely going to go draft one. Thank you, sir. Draft your fourth. But I, I like the idea of Ryan Kerrigan. I like the idea of Justin Houston. Houston they were in on too last year, right? I believe so. Yeah. And it was rumor. The other rumor mill of the day is that the Ravens are interested in Carlos Dunlap. That's the other one, which was actually sustainably sourced from a friend of Baltimore, Aaron Wilson, working out of uh, Texas right now. Uh, he would reasonably have some connections in the building, so I, I believe him 100. percent That would make a ton of sense. They're familiar with Dunlap, who's beat them up a little bit alongside Geno Atkins. Used to give the Ravens more headaches, but I mean Dunlap quietly has been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL throughout his career. That consistent eight to 10 sack range. Eight sacks last year. Eight sacks last year, seven of them in Seattle. Um, I don't think he necessarily fills the edge edge role all the way. He feels like a pure pass rush kind of guy. I feel like. Yeah. And he's got length. He's nasty. He plays the run well, but you can play him at five tech. You can play him at some three tech a little bit, stick him out on the edge, move him around, mug him over the a gap, do some things like that. Use his length, use his strength. He has versatility. He has durability and can go kick some asses, has a bad attitude. And I mean that in the way of he has a bad attitude on the football field, not off of the football field. He's a nasty, nasty dude on the field. Um, So Ryan Kerrigan and 
Carl, Carlos Dunlap makes sense. Those guys make sense. Okay. I like that. I don't think they're in the... The Ravens aren't in the game of, of signing edge rushers to big deals that are not Terrell Suggs, apparently. That's not in the cards. It's also like... like I've been saying that like this has kind of been my block, but like, why does there need to be this like massive defense, de- defensive investment anymore? When you already have more, you already have Peters, Humphrey, Calais Campbell. You just drafted a first round linebacker and a third round linebacker. Like you took your swings on defense last season. It worked out reasonably well. Like just go do that on the offense now. The, and the other thing is that you have the thing I keep hitting on is you have Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale is supposed to be the best. You know, everyone's. So frazzled, why did he not get head coaching interviews this year? He only had the one with the Giants last year. He's the best. He's, you know, one of the best in the game. And I think he is great. So why does he need a $100 million defense? That doesn't make sense. To collapse against the Titans in the middle of the season. Right. And they let up 24 points in that game. That was the big collapse. Yeah. So why does he, he should be able to maximize. They may or may not have had COVID too, but. Right. Absolutely. Which is sick. So he's, you know, get some, you know, Terry Hyder out of San Francisco. Guy, I think nine sacks last year is a good pure pass rusher, uh, like 29, 30 years old and can just simply beat, you know, a right uh, the average level right tackles. Go get a guy like that on a two year, $15 million deal and see if Wink Martindale can maximize him and have him move around the formation. Uh, inside linebacker, they better not fucking do anything there. Yeah, I, like <laughs> that's going to I will have to drive to Voss's house and make sure that he is everything's good and like he's in a safe position because if Ravens paid Jay and Brown three years, $35 million Vaz, you know, is like having his sons do up downs. We got a running backs don't matter. Running backs don't matter. He was actually there were like, you know, not to, not to blow up his spot, but he was actually doing video content last off season with his children regarding running backs, not mattering. But if like, we need to get like, this will probably work better for the draft. Linebacker is the new running back. Linebacker is the new running back. We need to get like a camera on him, like for the draft, for like if they choose like a running back or an inside linebacker. That would be outstanding. Get a couple fingers of whiskey in him. Some oh, scotch. He, they just get it, get it, get him up on the soapbox like Bob Costas on like Monday Night Football. He, just, he gets angry. He yeah. gets a little sweaty, a little angry. Love to hear it. Love you, Vaz. Uh, don't touch linebacker. Cornerback. Tavon Young allegedly coming back. Relatively big cap figure. Then you got in front of him, two guys that you really like. And then Damon Marshall. Some young guys that are question marks. Anthony Averett in the final year. Devontae Harris going to be coming back Devontae too. Harris. You've got bigger fish to fry. You do. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't mind a draft investment, but. A late round draft pick. We'll move on from cornerbacks. You know, there's slot guys. There's Brian Poole. There's. Former Raven, Brian Poole. Former future Raven. <laughs> Former future Raven. Former Desmond future King. rumored Raven. Yeah, Desmond King. Mike Hilton out of Pittsburgh, who's a hell of a player. I'm sure the Steelers are sick that they can't afford him. I was going to say, is he like, why wouldn't he just go back there? He's, I'm, I feel like they're sick in their stomachs that the cap is so low and they can't bring him back. He's been an impact player. He's, for them. he's been awesome for them. Best blitzing nickel defender in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, no. Going to go with a no there. Then safety is the, the real wild card where I don't think people understand how consistent Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott were, and they think that the Ravens need like a high-level starter. I don't see. I mean, Anthony Harris, yes, but he is very exp- should be very expensive. John Johnson should also be somewhat expensive. At the same time, the Ravens are – Eric DaCosta is addicted to spending in the secondary, but 
after all time, like layoff and what you said earlier, Jake, you know, it's not the time. But depth wise, they could use a third horse for sure. Whether that's Jakiski Tart, I think Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods and Trey Boston are the two guys I'd be willing to shell out four or five million dollars a year, uh, maybe six over the next two, three years to go bring someone in who can play some single high, can cover and man just a little bit and has some starting experience. Uh, Xavier Woods is a name that I like a lot. It's solid tackler and experience in single high experience in the slot coming out of Dallas. And if you go look at his PFF grade or whatever, I, I don't think it's terribly high, but I, the teams I covered for SIS, I ended up watching, I think three Cowboys games in full. And he was one of the two or three competent defenders alongside Demarcus Lawrence. And, and like, talk about buying low, like talk about rebuilding stonk. Like you could buy low on some of these guys because you do have competent starters, presumably in front of them for 2021. Exactly. And they might like to go to a defensive team like the Ravens and integrate and make a couple splash plays and then get back out there in the free agency again in maybe a, a little thinner free agent market. But Xavier Woods and Trey Boston, two guys I like a lot as fits for the Ravens. Yeah, Boston's been around for a while. He is, uh, I think, pretty intriguing. I liked him a lot when he was in Carolina. Terrence Brooks, former Raven Terrence Brooks, also a free agent. I thought that guy was going to be so sick. <laughs> Me too, for sure. That's Me too, for sure. Uh, and that does it for all the positions. So looking back, where do you – I think the Ravens sign one big ticket free agent that counts against the comp formula. I think it's going to come at either wide receiver or be Tooney or Lindsley. If they don't, maybe Zeitler and then whatever the opposite is. And then guys that have been cut recently or are going to continue to be cut uh, to, to try and keep those comp picks. But edge, they have to do something at edge, I think. And they need to make, so I feel like they're obligated to make one addition outside of bringing someone back at edge and on the offensive line. I think Zeitler coming available today and not counting against the comp pick formula really spices things up for them. I think that gets Eric DaCosta, that, that's something that he does like. Because I feel like you do that, and then you can kick Bozeman inside to center. You'll see what happens at right tackle with Orlando Brown, but that could net you some you know, big, big capital to either fix that position in turn or to go elsewhere. But I feel like Zeitler is not going to cost too much. Then that frees you up to do maybe a combination of a Carlos Dunlap and a Marvin Jones or a Sammy Watkins type guy. Marvin Jones, Carlos Dunlap, Kevin Zeitler, yeah. something like that. Yeah. That would be a practical. It's three professional starters at positions of need, two of them serious positions of need. That would be a practical, realistic, relatively affordable, possibly. I mean, we Jake and I don't fucking know. We don't know what these guys want. No, Does they Carlos could, Dunlap want a, want a three-year deal right now where he's getting $15 million a year? I, I don't know. Does he want to just play for a winner? I don't know. These guys could make shit money too. Like they could do, they could drive their rate up like God knows how, because like, like I said, these teams just have money to throw around and they're willing to do it. And it's, I mean, look at, look at a Clayus Campbell while he did get hurt last year, but look at what the, the bucks are doing. I feel like some of these veteran players really do want to win. They might understand that it's a down year with cap and want to go to a team like the Ravens where in the words of Trey Mancini, they've been sneaky, consistent for a really long time what's up man how you doing 
Oh, dude, I fucking love Harbaugh. Oh, dude, good to see you, man. Oh, hey, hey, oh. how's how's the lady friend, man? Oh yeah, dude, doing real good. Oh, I heard you're a Ravens fan. Oh bro. yeah, man. You know it's okay. Me and me and Michelle are actually watching the game last weekend in the uh, the the basement there uh, at her parents' house. It was kind of the chill. old man cave. Pretty sick setup. Yeah, man. Dolby. 5.1 surround yeah, sound. Yeah, I got a little surround sound set up there. Pretty, pretty cool, man. How about you? How you doing? How's work, man? Oh, dude. God, it's such a bad case of the Mondays. Oh, man. That's that's tough, man. Last hey, Monday we, was brutal, and guess what? This Monday is going to yeah, be brutal, hey, too, man. Hey, that's the grind, though, man. Hey, we should get together sometime, though. Get a beer, you Some know? Some steaks. Yeah, man. Double oh, date. Oh, man. I got the green egg out back, man. I was actually doing a, oh. a nice little roast out there last weekend, man. Father-in-law pretty- got me a uh, smoker for like, Christmas. Yeah, I should come over sometime and check it out. Oh, man. How's the whole like uh, radio thing that you're doing, though, on the side, though? Is, how, how do you oh, make, you do a little podcast? How do, how do you make money off that? You know, that little journalism thing that you do. Oh, is, that's just like a hobby, right? Oh, yeah. But, like, what, what's the deal with that, man? Oh, dude. I wish I was doing something like that. <laughs> yeah, man. I just really, got too have many t- bills. Don't man. really have time, man. Just, just too know. many bills, you know. Got, got some kiddos on the way, man. But hey, respect. And that was sport, that was sports convo with a guy you kind of know. That was uh, sports convo with with someone that you've met a couple times, and you usually don't talk to for more than ten minutes. Dude, I fucking dude, I love Harbaugh. I, I love Ray I Ray love Ray. Chris Davis. Just going, dude, I love Harbaugh. It's like <laughs> it's like am Chris I back? Davis am I back in on Harbaugh? Guy? Like Chris? Di- am I back in on Chris Davis? Is that the, prompted me to the fact that he said that, and then how? I can hear John Harbaugh like basically saying that is like, like that's one of Harbaugh's guys like Matt Skura was like Harbaugh has no idea. There's any problems with Chris Davis. He still thinks he's like one of the best players on the team and they just, they get together and like read scripture together every, like every Saturday. That is, that would be like bleacher report does the, the gridiron Heights thing. Like there needs to be an animated Chris Davis and John Harbaugh hanging out. That would be beautiful, (laughs) beautiful content. Yeah. Listen, he's, he's not doing much. So, so this is what we're settling on then. For the Ravens, Marvin Jones, Kevin Zeitler, and either like a Carlos Dunlap or Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. Seems like three older players, quality starters. As far as like two options at each, Marvin Jones, Sammy Watkins maybe, or should we say like a Keelan Cole? All three. Okay. All three. So there's three for wide receiver. I mean, there's there's more, obviously, but... We think those are realistic, and they'll probably go sign T.Y. Hilton or some, whatever. Of course. That also could fit in there. Whatever. We won't veer too far. So those couple guys in there. Then we got Carlos Dunlap. Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan. And then let's go Kevin Zeitler. And we'll give one more in the offensive line. Nick Martin, if it's not one of Nick the Martin. guys. Yep, yep, Nick Martin. So those are the avenues that we believe the Ravens could realistically... That's the kind of outcome, and I, I feel really good about that, and the sad part is that I feel so good, and I feel like we, we solved the Rubik's Cube of the weird random moves that the Ravens make that are like kind of disappointing, but then end up being really good value, and we're still going to be very wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're still going to be very wrong. So whatever it is, that feels like it would be a Ravens free agency period, and I think that does it for our uh, free agency primer ahead of free agency, and when we talk about this the next time, wait... So this episode will come out Thursday, tomorrow. And then we have our tight and then end. we'll record next Thursday. Yep. Again. So free agency will have opened by then. 
and free agency will have opened. And depending on like whether the Ravens make moves to begin the, you know, tampering. Yeah, we can maybe record on. We can maybe record on Wednesday night or whatever. Yeah. As I think, if the Ravens are, if the Ravens do end up signing a Corey Davis, Jake and I will probably hop right on talk we about Corey. Do Davis. Do like a Break quick emergency pod type deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So stay tuned for those. Got the tight end content coming. The Baltimore. God, I keep saying it. The beatdown big board coming out Tuesday. Check out the tight ends. Jake and I really like like four, three, four guys that we think second, third round guys the Ravens could sneak in there. So make sure to vote on those on the Twitter, on the Instagram, wherever you're listening there or wherever you see our content, you will uh, see a poll. Make sure to vote on that on Monday and stay frosty. Yeah, it was fun. I had some uh, some fun putting together some of the polls for the edge position, so it's going to be fun doing it for the tight end. So that was a really good episode. The Keep tight- voting on the edge one. The edge goes through Monday. It's still going. We still do have votes rolling in on that. I think we're in the hundreds at this point, so keep that going. It's been a ton of fun. Got some close positions there, as I've mentioned before, but uh, that was good. The tight end one was good. That's going to be fun to cut together. This was a fun episode. This uh, pre- It was just us chilling Saying a lot of names. This was also, it was kind of you just kind of riffing and letting it rip. I like that. I like sometimes when I just get to lean back and let you kind of like fire from the hip. I like that a lot. There we go. Get the old uh, SMG action going. Just letting the Chapa sing all over Verdansk. But uh, yeah, man, that was was, was a good one. Over an hour of free agency primer. For you uh, wackos that love to uh, go crazy for what the Ravens are going to be doing in free agency or not doing. I mean, listen, we're going to... We're certainly going to find out what's going on here and what old EDC and the boys have cooking up the road. Uh, and yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. Free agency is sweet, and then it gives us the final nails into the coffin. Of course, a couple free agents trickling after, but it gives us the final nails into the coffin of what mock drafts should look like. What who needs what? You know. Teams that currently the, the Broncos really need a cornerback right now. Oh well, they, do they go sign William Jackson and someone else? They might not need a cornerback anymore, and that might not be a pressing need. And tons of stuff. And we're always going to be wrong most of the time. But hey, we're having a lot of fun. Hope you guys are too. And that does it for our free agency primer. Certainly does. Uh, if you guys enjoyed what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the show if you have not already. Wherever you get in your podcasts or on YouTube, juice us up with those five star reviews. Absolutely, do that on Apple. Leave us a five star rating and a review. I uh, really appreciate it when we get those coming across the wire. Going to have to do a reading of some of the good ones that we have uh, on there right now as we haven't done that in a while. But also follow us on social media. You can follow the podcast at Podcast Beatdown. You can find me at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens 4 Dummies. That's the number four in the middle. And follow the main account at Be More Beatdown. Check us out on Instagram as well at Baltimore underscore Beatdown. Really appreciate you guys tuning in here on this Thursday. You have yourselves a great weekend and uh, get excited for our tight end big board episode, which is coming out this coming Tuesday, back in the studio to talk free agency after that. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Arrivederci. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. See you later. All right, God bless. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs>